This is Adam Meister, the Bitcoin Meister, the Disrupt Meister. Welcome to a very special edition of the One Bitcoin Show. Today is August 27th, 2020. Strong hand, long-term thinking, buying over crying. Bitcoin is the next big golden age. This game is not rigged. This dude has some conviction. Compete, don't complain. I am offended by selling. Be a unique beast. Well, we've got a unique beast here today, okay? So I want to say hello to all my elite friends out there. This was supposed to be the uh, Ask Me Anything show. And you can ask me anything. You can ask Gabriel in Venezuela anything also. Uh, so the chat, it, it's open in the chat. Please you could do a super chat. You could type in Bitcoin Meister. Get my attention. This is a unique beast show. All the elite, all my elite friends are going to be here today. But this is a very special elite friend. He has been in, in Venezuela for three months. There hasn't been internet. He has not had internet access. I have wondered what the heck happened to Gabriel. I was hoping everything was all right. I've gotten word that during the lockdown in Venezuela was horrible. Um, people really want to get out of there now. Conditions have worsened because of uh, the government overreach during the virus. And that those with Bitcoin, I think uh, they're realizing what a great investment that they made. And the people of the world who say there's no use case for Bitcoin, well, I think we're about to hear about some uh, real life use cases for Bitcoin. So I'm, gonna, I'm just going to start out by saying, Gabriel, what the heck has been going on for the last three months? Well, hi Adam. Hi everyone. Thanks for having me here. And I would like to say as a start that sadly, I must say that conditions have been worsened <clears throat> the last six months in Venezuela, really. Um, it has gotten to a point where you think you can know, you cannot keep going lower, but then it goes lower again. It's like a bottomless pit of you know, economic turmoil, right? And what happened there? You there still, Gabriel? Yeah, I'm here. I'm oh, here. good, good, good. good. Sorry about that. Now, um, no, I was looking at something else for a second. I, I want to say, uh, what did they do for the virus shutdown there? What did you guys have to stay inside your houses, or what was it about? Well, that has been very interesting. Um, the Venezuelan government took, a, let's say, a different approach from other countries in which they started the lockdown very early in time. Like, it was the first country in Latin America to enforce lockdown, right? It started in early March. And we were very overwhelmed because nobody saw this coming. Um, I must add, the, the last months of 2019, since the government allowed uh, publicly uh, dollar transactions for everyone, no problem. You will not go to jail if you hold dollars or if you pay with dollars. I can say I, that I had a feeling that the economy was kind of recovering or at least it was not going under anymore. It was somehow stable, right? Um, but then, as the virus stroke and the lockdown struck, um, well, everyone was, you know, inside the house, unable to go to work, unable to have transportation, and unable to earn money. 
So I was I was kind of surprised uh, there was so much strength in the people because I think people had uh, savings, a lot of savings, which allowed them to go through this pandemic. I was amazed. I was amazed by that. The, you know, there hasn't been protests like, let's say, in Germany. There hasn't been, you know, big turmoils of, about people gathering. They they have strictly uh, taken the word of the government. It's very, very interesting. You know, everyone is like aligned with what the government said. The fear and the media and the propaganda have gone really deep into people's mind. So everyone uh, may did what the government asked them, which was stay home and and all that. Then, as it was developing, they started uh, to have the counts, you know, of how many people were sick and all that. And I was amazed because Venezuela, practically compared to other countries, if these numbers are real. Uh, it's very low compared to other countries, let's say to Colombia or to Brazil. And then they started with the politic of uh, loosening the, the strength of the lockdown, as in they will have one week in which we have strict lockdown, and then next week you can do about your life and your stuff like there's nothing going on. And then next week they put the lockdown in. So it's been very weird. Uh, I think for their purpose has been effective in, as they, as they say it, flattening the curve uh, has been very effective. But in, you know, my opinion about it is that it's been very sad because we were kind of getting better. But since the pandemic, everything has got worse because people got out of jobs. There's no way to work. Um, the Most of the businesses, uh, that are allowed to open are only uh, those that sell food or medicine. All the other industries, all the other businesses are practically over in Venezuela. Yeah. So are, are people trying to leave the country? I mean, they can't work. They're not now they're not making money. Are people starting to starve or are they getting their food at least? And, or do people want to leave? Well, uh, most people that wanted to leave, they left uh, the last three years. They've been leaving, right? And the people that was left here were only those that were just too poor and didn't have anyone to support them, you know, to buy an airplane ticket or a bus ticket to get out of Venezuela. And those are the ones that stayed, the very poor ones and the very wealthy ones that have connections and business in the pharmaceutical industry and the food industry in Venezuela. Those are the only things that are working. Now, uh, your hair is long. It looks nice. <laughs> and your mustache is Thank long. You. Is this Thank partially, you. you You can't get a haircut down there anymore, can you? <laughs> That's funny. Oh, yeah, you, you can get a haircut. You can? You, okay. Okay. If you if you wait for the for the week when there's no virus, like one week is and then the other is not, then you can go to the barber shop and, and get that. Okay. But so you, you, you know, chose me, yeah. Yeah, for me it's like a symbol of, of re, re, being a rebel, you know, like always being a rebel um, with the system. 
Um, yeah, I enjoy my hair and I enjoy my new mustache too. I think it looks pretty cool. Yeah, man, you look like some uh, dude from the wild, wild west. You are, you look like a unique, a unique beast. Pound that like button for Gabriel. Now, Thank one you, thing that you, one thing that you said that was very disturbing, you said the citizens of Venezuela were totally compliant. They're not questioning, yes. they're not questioning anything. Uh, no, that that leads me to believe uh, that the government isn't going anywhere. They're not about to. Uh, I mean, it, once this thing passes, it, it it seems like the people will just they will do whatever the government tells them. I mean, the government has learned a lot that they have passive uh, people, I guess. Yes, I think that that is a very interesting point, because what I would say is that uh, people have practically lost their will to fight. I would say that oh. they, they lost their will to fight. The, the people that were like really strong against the government in the last years, since they saw that they, they couldn't overthrow the government, they just took the other choice. You know, well, if I can't change this government and I don't like it, I might as well leave. So most people that were very forced uh, against the government, they, they left. They're not here anymore to fight. They left us here. And uh, yeah, the people that are left here, they are not willing to fight anymore. They're just waiting for something called, uh, you know, the government, uh, socialist governments are very smart uh, and the way of uh, keeping themselves in power. So one of the strategies that they have used is that they distribute food, all right? And they distribute food to the poor people, especially to those, to the heavily dense populated poor neighborhoods that are in, around the belts of every city in Venezuela. Those people are getting free food from the government. Those people are getting money from the government with the system called uh, motherland or fatherland, however you want to call it. In Spanish, it's called patria. Um, they get like maybe a month, maybe two or three bonus, like maybe five to ten dollars each. And uh, that's how people are getting by. Among that also, as I said before, many people left. So in every family, there's probably one or two members that are living maybe in Colombia or in Chile or in Miami or in Spain. And they have the tendency of... Uh, you know, sending some money to your family because, of course, they, you know, they're, they're having trouble, there's no work, there's, there's problems. So the Venezuelan people get uh, help from their own people that are living outside. And I would like to point something interesting that it's kind of weird, you know. Even though as bad as the situation is here, there has been seen a movement of uh, Venezuelans that have come back in the last uh, five to six months, like this year, you know, those guys that were uh, in the near in the near border, like in the the most closest cities of Brazil, and the guys that were living in Ecuador and Peru and Chile and Colombia, uh, there has been a count. I don't know if the number is accurate, but it's between fifty thousand and two hundred thousand people that have come back to Venezuela instead of staying in Peru or staying in Colombia, they came back because of course they lost their job over there too, because you know, this is a world thing. It's not only here that we have lockdowns, also in Peru and so on. 
So these people over there, they don't have family there. Uh, they don't have those uh, things that they have here, like um, maybe a house of a relative. And uh, so they get thrown out in Peru and Colombia. So they get thrown out to the streets because they don't have no money. They can't pay the rent and they are not socialists. So they have to kick them out and they do. And so they come back. They're very weird. They came back and uh, sadly, the, the most cases of getting people sick due to the virus has been because of those people that have came through the Colombian border, through the through the woods, as you might say, and they came being sick and they have gotten uh, some people sick here. Very interesting movement, yeah. Uh, well, yeah, if you're li everybody, it, it, it's a really good point that you make. It's the neighboring countries, people don't have jobs either. So if you have no job, you're not from there, you're going to want to go home to where you're right. also are not, where you're also going to ha not have a job. So it's not like these are productive, well, they want to be productive people, but there's no, there's no chance for productivity. And I, I want to say, I want to ask a question. Your internet was literally down for three months. You didn't have access to the internet for three months. Yeah, I would like to clear that. Yeah, in my area, my neighborhood, we were like around, uh, let's say, 2,000 2, 2, families that in my area where, you know, internet was just due to ups and downs in the electricity because, you know, our electricity is very bad too. Um, so the equipment got burned and so on. So we have to put all the people put money together. Everyone put ten, twenty dollars. We got ten thousand dollars, and then we bought the electric plant and all the stuff that was needed to fix it. That was kind of that was kind of cool, you know. Like people got together and worked themselves out to to fix the internet instead of you know the company of the of the telephonic uh, enterprise. Have it putting up the money up front and then they charge you a little bit and all but no uh, that was kind of cool and so we got internet again i'm pretty happy about that i was out of internet for three months yeah I'm, very bad situation yeah very very bad situation when the the, yeah. the i guess it was the state company couldn't provide it so the people had to uh, rig it up themselves very, very interesting correct correct you, you, yeah. hey you, you've got some conviction there that's that's good now Give us, I, I know it's been a difficult time, but ha, what's what's the Bitcoin scene been like? And what have you been thinking about Bitcoin? And I, I'm sure you're pleased since you, I mean, you can't work now. You, you've, at least you got savings in Bitcoin, right? Yeah, well, um, the the volume, you know, you know, Venezuela has been in this problem of, of inflation for years now. So it's a no brainer. It's very, very easy. Everyone is accustomed to getting out of Bolivares as quick as I can. Uh, even if you buy dollars, cash, or uh, you buy crypto, you know? So the volume as in, has been steady. It, it, hasn't, it hasn't risen too much in the Bitcoin volume. Uh, it has become stable around coin per week are being traded on local Bitcoins. That's been very, very stable. Where are those Bitcoins coming from? Well, number one, from the people that are Venezuelans outside that want to send a little bit of money to their relative. That's the, the main source of income of Bitcoins inside the Venezuelan economy. So what happens? There is, there is this culture in which uh, you, as soon as you get Bolivares, you log on to local Bitcoin. 
for Bitcoin because of course Bitcoin might go down 30% one day uh, but Bolivar is guaranteed to go down 100% you know so you're better off always better off with Bitcoin so that's very interesting socially culturally for us it's obvious not to have fiat of course you guys in the United States or people in Germany or in Spain they might not find it as useful as as we do because of course let's say dollar and euro but what is happening now what have we been seeing in the last months there has been an expansion in the monetary supply in euros in turkish lira in dollars so what i found is that only now the the first world is going to start to experience through for years only now they are going to start to open their eyes and see and think hey maybe this this bill that i have here is not worth as much as i thought because the guys that uh, have the the power to print it they can print as much as they want cool 200 a 200 bolivares bill <laughs> I, I i may add on the venezuelan economy nowadays uh, the bolivar practically non-existent right it's only digital on the banks you everywhere there's only dollars that's good we like that we yeah, like that, is, that is good that actually is is very good uh that helped it a lot but you don't have the access to the to the to the united states bank accounts you know if, as a venezuelan from here you're you're cut from all the system outside the, the normal banking systems well, is anyone there interested? Is anyone there interested in the stable coins? You know, since the, since people do value yes. them. Okay. Yes, yeah. of course, of course. Stable coins are very very good because uh, the theory is that it's just the same, say, as having your money on Bank of America, but you have it on USDT or USDC or whatever flavor you like of stable coin. So I very very useful. There's not much adoption of it yet here. Like people, maybe most of the people don't know that they even exist. Only the few, you know, only the few know. Most people have heard about Bitcoin and many, many people use it, but not everyone knows about stablecoin. Uh, oh, sorry, continue, continue, yeah. please. I, I wanted to add that since uh, 2019 when Petro, I was at first, I was very excited. I, I must say, I have to confess. I was very excited. I was kind of hopeful that, that it would, you know, it would be a big change in the economy. But with the, with the months and the years and the rollout of the petrol, I haven't seen the adoption that I, I thought it would have as quick as I thought it would be, you know? Um, the president gave gave a lot of petro to the people. Bolivar, the Bolivar was at twenty thousand to the dollar. Uh, two weeks later, it was a forty thousand, so a hundred percent devaluation in a matter of twenty days after they gave all this petro to the people because people didn't know how to use it, they didn't know how to spend it. So the first thing they thought of was just deliver it, right? So it put a great pressure against the Bolivar and the Bolivar just went down 100%. That was in, in, in January, right? So 
from there until now, right now we're 320,000 bolivars per dollar. So times the valuation in a matter of six months. So people are very accustomed to this. So what would you do is buy, exchange all the bolivars you have as quick as you can. But what happens with the rest of the population have access to dollars or do not know how to work with crypto? Do you know what is the wage, the monthly wage of a school teacher in Venezuela, brother? Are, are they still getting paid? Are they still getting paid? <laughs> are they even still getting paid? Yeah, they're, they're, they're getting paid in Bolivares. Do you know how much they get? No, how much? $2 a month. That's the wage. So, you know, how how bad, how bad is it? It's pretty bad. And on top of all that, you know, with the uh, politics and all that problems, you know, um, there's some sanctions against the Venezuelan oil industry uh, for many reasons that we're not. And that's just a fact. So what happened? The Venezuelan government didn't take good care of the oil industry. That's the way I see it for the last 10 years until they got to a point where there is no gasoline. When we had the biggest oil refinery in Latin America that could do 1 million barrels of gasoline each day, when we had that, and we had many other refineries around the, the country, we could, we could do like 1.5 million barrels of gasoline a day. That was, that was, let's say, 10 years ago. We got to a point where all the factories of gasoline were damaged, not taken care of, etc., etc., etc. So we stopped producing gasoline here. And with the sanctions, uh, it, was, it became pretty hard to import uh, gasoline. So we, got, we ran out of gas. We ran out of gas since uh, early March. <laughs> I mean, that's, that's terrible. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Together with the pandemic, together with their lockdown, so there was lockdown and no gasoline. I had to do a line for like four days, you know, sleep on the car and wait, arrive some gasoline. So after the fifth day, I, I was able to put some gasoline. Um, free steel free gasoline that three months ago and then that ran out so there was only gasoline for the cops the ambulance and uh, food transportation only gasoline for them no no gasoline for for no one only for the cops and the ambulance and the food trucks okay so can you imagine man being in your house you're not having no no more job no gasoline, no way to get gasoline. So the only way was to, you know, pay in the black market. We got to a point where we would pay two or three or four dollars per liter, you know, in, in a country where a school teacher makes two dollars a month. So can you figure that out? It was very, very sad. After that, I don't know if you heard, uh, there was uh, a couple of uh, oil tankers, gas tankers that came from Iran like uh, two months ago so iran sent some gasoline to the venezuelan government and they distributed it in two manners so let's say out of a hundred uh, gasoline stations 
they will put they will put 50 percent um with a subside so still very cheap gasoline but a lot more expensive than it was before so five thousand bolivares per liter so you fill a tank with one dollar okay cool and there's the international price gasoline uh, which is 0.5 dollars per liter but the lines you will have to do on both you know on the subside uh, with the 5000 bolivares it was a five or six day line mm. on the on the on the expensive 0.5 dollars a liter it would be maybe one day maybe half a day maybe two days of waiting just to get 20 liters of gasoline you know very 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 uh, very bad very bad well we got to put this in perspective too uh you guys are sitting on some of the biggest oil reserves like on the planet earth and you can't this is what happens with socialism they they weren't maintaining the infrastructure so now they can't even get the you can't even get the oil out of the ground so you guys are importing gas when you're i mean it makes it's pathetic it's it's very sad and uh, it's completely pathetic you know what they do they they take an oil tanker they fill it with oil they send it to a refinery and that's how they pay for the gasoline they pay for the gasoline that we are importing with crude oil this is the only thing that we have to to exchange for you know and the production of oil it, it was five years six years ago it was around two million three million barrels a day. And at the beginning of this year, before the lockdowns, it was around 700,000 barrels, less than 1 million, you know? And uh, it, everything is just, just going lower and lower and lower. The production is going lower. And uh, the expenses that people have to do on this, on this economic warfare that we are experiencing uh, due to the bad politics and sanctions altogether, you know, everything for us becomes more expensive here. You know, cooking oil, um, chicken, uh, flour for making your, your food, rice, everything, the food-wise becomes more expensive while your income becomes less available and while the country overall is just going down. All industries that we had besides oil and food everything is is kaput is kaput is completely closed you know we had the biggest industry factories here in valencia nowadays there everything is closed if you go to the street on a on a free day let's say a, a week that it's allowed to go out you don't see people on the streets you don't see much people you know it's it's like a ghost ghost town here, at least in my city. I bet you go to Caracas, downtown Caracas, and all, I bet it's full of life because Caracas is Caracas. But the other parts of Venezuela is very, very depressed. And it's very sad because we have, we have soil, very fertile soil, we have water, we have all the resources, but very poorly managed. Managed in a way, it practically, it seems done on purpose to impoverish the the people you know so for the government becomes um easier just to keep in power that's what i that's why i think the sanctions have been contraproducent they have only weakened the people and they have strengthened the government position here 
I don't see the government going out. I don't see the government falling down anywhere near. Like, I think they will be there for the next 10 to 20 years now. So if you want to live in Venezuela, you have to just uh, get accustomed to the idea of being a socialist for the rest of your life or else leave, you know? It's, you have the choice. Everyone has a choice. Well, when you don't, when you, some, it's hard to leave when you can't put gas in the car, though. Too. I mean, yeah. that, that, yeah. that's a that's a different that's a difficult situation. So I on top of that, mm -hmm. I, if you I, want I, to leave, there's no flights in Venezuela. No flights <laughs> for for five months now. Like airports closed. No flights. You can't leave. No, there's no way to leave. You can leave on a boat to Trinidad, maybe, or you can go through the forest across the border in Colombia. That's the choice you have. If you go with a boat to Aruba or Curaçao or Bonaire, also there, there's no movement. I don't know why these, these islands are also closed. So it's pretty much like a very big, uh, green and beautiful uh, prison. <laughs> no, it, it is. And uh, I, I hope uh, you can get out of there at some point because now it seems like there's nothing... I don't know when they'll end. If the lot, you see, the thing is, when the lockdown ends in some of these countries, they'll be productive again. I don't see how the heck if, when the lockdown ends where you are, uh, and it seems like sometimes they end it, sometimes they, it's totally arbitrary and random. Uh, people aren't going back. To, there's nothing to work. There's no. There's no jobs. There's nothing. They've they've taken it down another level, if if that's even imaginable. Uh, yes. I, so so I, I see no. It, it, the minute you can get the heck out of there. And the minute anyone can get out of there, I don't see why they just don't get out of there. And it is really disappointing that they're the people are this compliant because you're absolutely right. There's not going to be a revolution, and the only way this all ends is if there is a revolution. Now, perhaps I mean we we can get into geopolitical stuff. Maybe there'll be some country that'll come with the F-16s one day and uh, get rid of Maduro. Who knows what might happen? You, you, you never know what might happen after November. But uh, but in, t in terms of a revolution from within, this is very disappointing to, to hear all these things that the people are just taking it like uh, you're not going to work anymore and be happy. And they're happy. I mean, that's uh, it's it's scary. It's scary stuff. How I'm sure you've learned a lot about uh, people's psychology. I mean, how easy it is uh, to make people compliant uh, from fear. And they, they are really. Uh, this um, this virus has has saved the government. Perhaps it has given it more time, which is it's disgusting yes. to, to put yes. it that way. It really they, is. They they enforce they enforce the lockdowns. Uh, if people go around uh, unmasked, they might get in jail for five <laughs> days. If you open your business, let's say you sell spare parts for cars, right? It's still a good business because. There's no new car, so you have to fix your old car. So that can still sell, right? If you open your business and you're not allowed and they see you, they will put you uh, fine and close your business. Uh, it's, it's disturbing, man. So this this whole thing about the, the, the lockdowns have helped the government, you know, to keep all the protests away. No more protests. I think you can see it has been going on around the world before. In, in 2019, there was protest in Hong Kong, in France, and in here in Venezuela, in Colombia, in Chile, very, very places in the, in the world. They, there were protests, you know, normal, like normal days, you know. 
uh, but since uh, these these things that happen around the world, I think it helped not only the Venezuelan government, but many other governments in the world to to it, put it, the it, people down and keep them, you know, keep them in their house. No yeah, yeah, well, it, it helped the Chinese uh, take over Hong Kong. I mean, it's been very convenient for these authoritarian uh, type, of type of governance. I want to remind everybody that's watching. Uh, I said that this was going to be an Ask Me Anything show. And we got plenty of people in the chat. It still is an Ask Me Anything show. You can ask him anything, Gabriel anything. You can ask me anything. We're not going to get any questions or anything like that. The next Thursday, we're not doing Ask Me Anything. This is your. This was the example of like, okay, people wanted an Ask Me Anything show. Here's your chance. And now people aren't asking any questions. So there's a lot of you in the chat. If you got questions here, ask any type of questions. It could be beyond Bitcoin too. And it could be for Gabriel. It can be for me. We, we got a few more minutes here. Okay, we got a question. Uh, Chunkadunk says gold mining in Ecuador has been shut down since last year. This is why we buy and hold Bitcoin. Does Gabriel know if they shut down the mines in Venezuela also? Um, there, there is a hunger for gold here. Uh, in Venezuela, I don't know if you guys know, as we have oil, we also have a lot of gold. Yeah, but did they uh, shut down the, the did they shut down the mines? Are they mining no, gold? Still? No, yes, they are mining full power. They are mining because as the gold price, you know, is ramping up to 2000, uh, yeah, they want the gold to support, you know, all the operations that they have here. So the gold mines are running up and good on the south sides of Venezuela. Even in my state, Carabobo, there are some mines and they are working every day, no problem, you know because the gold uh, has to be taken out of the ground. It's very important for for the guys who run the mine and the government officials that cash on it. It's not stopping, it's not stopping the gold. Okay, here. here's, a, here's another question. What should the USA do to help Venezuela? That's a very good question. I would say that it, it, they should help us to make, be more productive, to have the, resources that we need so that we could rebuild our country regardless of the government you know regardless of the government but of course if let's say usa helps the venezuelan people and that makes the country rise then they're gonna the, the government officials here they're gonna try to take the credit for themselves and the, the guys in the united states will not will not like that so when you said that Let's say if, if hypothetically there was an intervention. I, I don't see it happening because because of the Chinese and the Russians. They are here. They are here already. It's like United States lost Venezuela in 1999, right? And they've been fighting to get it back ever since, but have not been successful. You know. That's the way I see it. The way I see it, Venezuela used to be just another state of United States. We had all the culture, all the cars, all the baseball, all the clothes, all the movies, just like in Florida or Georgia or wherever. You know, it was just very, very United States-like the living here until 1999, when you know Chavez came to power and so on. It's a long story. Everyone knows it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Well, I, I got another I got another question here. It's about Bitcoin for you, okay? How do people yeah. in Venezuela how do people in Venezuela store their Bitcoin? 
Oh, most of people just because they don't have that much, they will just keep it on local bitcoins. Most of them. Ooh, now, ooh, ouch, yeah, ouch. yeah. If you, if you have maybe like five hundred thousand satoshis, maybe one million satoshis, you know, you're going, you're not gonna buy a ledger for that. You're not gonna, you know, take all the trouble to have your private key stored in your computer and whatever, or you know, because it's just not much. Now, if 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 you talk to someone that has like more than point two bitcoins or so on. Probably they will just store it on a on a ledger or something like that. You know. All right, here we, we got we got a very interesting question from Lance. Uh, it's for me, and this is a good question. If someone you barely know online asks you to sell them Bitcoin for twenty percent over current price, so they can get no KYC coin to use for betting on sports, would you? Oh no. First of all, I don't sell my Bitcoin. Strong hand. And I don't care if you give me 20% more. But you just said it's a dude I don't know online. And he wants to, and he's telling me he, he wants to use it for gambling. He's probably just going to steal it all from me anyway. I mean, that doesn't, that doesn't, that's not a good pitch. That's not a good doesn't pitch. Make it, sense. Doesn't make sense. Dude. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, no, no, no. I mean no, no, this is, uh, there's so many scams out there. No one should be uh, making deals online with people they don't know to sell Bitcoin for 20% over spot. I mean, yes. if you're a person who sells Bitcoin and uh, I mean, the only way you can be sure is if you meet them in person and they hand you the freaking cash and uh, and you do it in a very public place, uh, like in a bank lobby or something like that. Because, again, I mean, if the dude's like, hey, he shows you the cash, he takes you to the back alley. Well, then he's just going to pull out his, you know what, and you're going to be you're going to be in big trouble. So now this is uh that that sounded real shady there, Land. People, if if anyone ever gets a hint of shadiness in their Bitcoin dealings, oh, it's shady. It's probably worse than you can even imagine. All right, here here we go. But uh, the Spartacus says, uh, "Is gold, silver, and Bitcoin enough, or do I need to have a farm?" Actually, only Bitcoin is enough. You don't need a farm, and you don't need gold or silver. Bitcoin is enough. Well, if you ask if you ask me, I will tell you to have the farm too, because you can't eat your Bitcoin or your dollars or your oath or your gold. But, but you but, can eat from the farm, you know. But the farm the farm is an attack vector. It's an attack vector. Uh, the, it's a weakness. People can uh, you're tied down to it. You can't leave your farm. Uh, you have to protect your farm if things really get bad. Here's a question. But here we go. Here's a question for you, Gabriel. Are Venezuelans? Yes. Are Venezuelans still farming World of War Warcraft gold for Bitcoin? Probably yes. <laughs> Probably yes. Uh, and this has been answered by Gabriel before, but I, I and guys, please try to type in Bitcoin Meister uh, so I, I see your questions. Are altcoins popular in Venezuela? Yes, of course. Everyone is just looking for that next ten to hundred x altcoin. <laughs> Yes, but you, 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 you've also said in the past that it's easier for some people to mine that stuff too. They just mine the yes. altcoins and they turn it into Bitcoin. That that's another. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Yes. They don't. They don't necessarily. I mean, it's 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 a logical thing. If you're getting free electricity and you. If I if I may add, you know, um, since the computer power has been increasing and from China. They sell the old S9s and T, the, you know, the equipment that was produced two or three years ago. They are selling it here for 100 to $200 per machine. Very cheap. 
because you know electricity is free so it's still profitable to mine uh, bitcoin on those on those old machines there's a lot of people who have them uh, I, I want to point out again he, he said electricity is free gasoline is free but you Used see, free, you, you see, free should be in quotes because the electricity goes off all the darn time. I mean, I think yeah. Gabriel at least two different times Gabriel has been supposed to be on the show in the past, and he can't be on because the electric it just goes out or it goes off right after he's done the show. It's it's ludicrous. I mean, I got. I mean, it's great that we've made it this far without the electricity going out. And of course, he just told the whole story about the oil. Uh, that was free and that they're sitting on top of all this oil and now they have to import it and people are now charged and you wait five days in line for the free for the free gas yeah that's that's yes, um, yes. and so here, here's a question you, you don't have to answer this question because it might uh does gabriel plan on moving to another country you know i, I mean you could be vague about that you don't have to answer it or anything like that well but, uh i have i have to be honest and th say that i have thought of it I have thought of it. I am, as you guys know, I am also Spanish, so I have Spanish passport. It will be kind of easy to move to Europe. Uh, but, you know, the situation right now is uncertain that I wouldn't be confident to go right now to Europe, especially on this coming winter. I would probably wait uh, maybe another six months uh, until spring if things are, you know, kind of cool in Europe, I will think about, you know, maybe going to Austria or Switzerland or Germany or something like that. I wouldn't go to Spain. Uh, I wouldn't go to another country. Just maybe if, if I'm going to go, I will try to go to the best place. So where I think there's more potential. So probably Switzerland or Germany, Austria, maybe London, you know, but yeah, I thought of it many, many times. I thought of leaving. Yes, you, you have a Spanish passport. I did not. Okay, that. Yeah. But you see, if you if there's no plane leaving Venezuela and you can't exactly. get to, and you can't, I mean, what are you going to do? You're going to walk across the woods into Colombia, and, and you're you're going to be crawling with bugs, and you're going to get then you're going to get on a plane in Colombia. I mean, this is. Uh, we, you've got a while, and I understand you don't want to end up in a country where you're going to get locked down again, even if it's a. Uh, but you, you've got it because of the, the rules of the EU. You got that Spanish passport. Then you you just said you're going to go for the best of the best once you're in the European Union. Can't blame you. I, I thought of I thought of going to Estonia as well. You know, Estonia it's a very cool. Uh, it's very open friendly for foreigners. There's yes. a lot of tech companies getting built. A lot of exchanges uh, worldwide are putting their base operations in Tallinn. So I don't know. I don't speak Estonian. That's the one of the things that I, you know, maybe it would be hard for me. But since I speak uh, English and English. German, I think it wouldn't be so hard. You know? No, no, no. I, I think it would be easy because it, you're right. It's an up and coming. They, they've got e easy tech rules there. And the, the language of tech in Europe is, is English. English. And, yeah. and then and then probably secondary, it might be German. And you know German. So and then Spanish. I mean, you'd be fine. And I, I it's very interesting because you you've got that uh in motion unique beast attitude you want to go to a country where there's it's growing i mean estonia isn't the best it's a little baltic country but i mean there's a lot of cool things going on so I, it reveals a little bit about your personality i mean you could you could easily go to freaking paris or you know some of the, the or germany which is highly advanced uh country but yeah you, you've got yeah. it you're interested in estonia so that is that's very mm -hmm. good uh anyone over there uh in the chat does anyone else have uh some questions. Anybody else have some uh, 
questions over there. I'm just seeing if there were uh, for Gabriel or myself. Um, okay, I I have a question for Gabriel though, because and guys, you'll you'll have like I'm gonna ask him this question, then you'll have about three minutes. If you got any more questions for any of us, here's your chance. Well, so I don't know if you heard about this. I didn't send you the article, Gabriel, but the United States government somehow acquired. Uh, it took some money that was supposed to go to Venezuela and they were going to redistribute it to healthcare workers through a, a cryptocurrency company. Did you hear anything about this? Well, I have heard about uh, the sums of money that were in power of the current government. And thanks to the help of, um, you know, worldwide organizations, now this money is in control of. Um, let's say the group of Juan Guaido, right? So there's money about uh, England, there's like 30 tons of gold, and there's like money in Portugal, and there's all this money from Citgo uh, that yes, probably they will have an intention to have a way to distribute it to the people. But let me, let me, give, you, let me yeah. give you a name, let me give you, have you heard of this yeah. company called AirTM? AirTM. Yes. They're, yes, the one, they're the ones that are supposed to distribute it, supposedly. Air TM. Uh, mm, I, I wouldn't be so sure that they kind of go on with it. I wouldn't be so sure that they can actually do it. I wouldn't be so sure that they are intentional to do it, you know, because it's very hard to distribute this money among who. How will you qualify to get this money? You know why they will give it to me and not to the other guy or to the other guy and not to me so that's very shady you know there's very shady stuff going on with the the money that venezuelan government had you know legally legally owned uh, you know by international laws and all that but when you know if you have the guns you can have your way so you know who has the guns and you know who has the money so I don't see the Venezuelan government uh, falling down, and I don't see the opposition uh, gaining power, even with the help of political help of, you know, the most important country, United States. Even with that, even with Trump, and I might add, I like Trump. Uh, I don't hate him, and I would rather have you guys uh, have Trump for former years instead of Biden. But just, it's just an opinion. It doesn't really matter because I'm not voting in the United States. But if Biden wins, I don't see Biden helping much uh, to change the situation here. And with the Trump politics, I don't see the sanctions working in favor of taking out the power either. So it's a no-win, no-win situation right now for the United States and for Venezuela. The, the thing is, people. a second if, if Trump got a second term, then he doesn't have to worry about running again. So he's more likely to do some more radical things. And that could be, you know, to leave his mark on the world to invade uh, Venezuela, perhaps. I, I don't know. I'm just throwing, it, 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 there's a much greater chance of, uh, of that of Venezuela being uh, invaded by the United States if Trump wins, because he has nothing to lose at that point. Uh, and maybe he. he, he He'd use it as a distraction too. I, mean, this is like, I don't want to get into all that because I, I want to get back to the point of the distribution that we were talking about. Okay. It, it is okay. interesting that we have gotten to a point in history where it is proposed 
that funds be distributed to a people through a cryptocurrency related mechanism. It is that that I think is cool that 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 it, they think it's possible. Now you think that it, the distribution would be very difficult and who who gets it, how do you decide? But that is even being proposed that there's a way to do that. Um, I mean, that's a way to peacefully overthrow a, a country too. If you were somehow to be able to give all the people crypto-based money, uh, that, that could help bring down a, a country. And it, it seems like uh, it's getting closer to that possibility. Uh, but we shall see that, that AirTM uh, company. I'll send you the article afterwards so you can look it up. This, uh, this theme is, is very, this topic is very interesting because it raises many questions, you know. If we criticize socialism, right, which is giving free stuff to the people, if we do that, let's say distribute all this money among all these people, it will be the same socialism just being given by a different power. I don't know if you see my point. No, no, I, I see I see your point. And, the United States government says it was stolen from the people of Venezuela. So they're just giving it back to the people of Venezuela. Yeah. Was, so on the other hand, I must add that the potential of recovering here in Venezuela is there, is intact. For example, I have a very good friend that have connections with the opposition. And one of the things that he said is that if uh, there was a, a change in the government, there is uh, on Semil, 11,000, 11, I don't know how to say it in English, 11, um, on Semil millones. Well, a lot, a lot, no, no, no uh, 11 billion, on Semil millones, 11 billion dollars owned by the Venezuelans that it's ready to go into the farmland, ready to, to boost the agricultural uh, business here. So what, what I'm trying to say is that this is still a rich country and there is money just waiting outside, just waiting for the opportunity for regime change and then go here and invest all this money. So we will have a quick recovery. I am sure of it. That's why I've, I'm still here because I've been betting that we will recover. But, you know, I'm already 40 years old and I'm not, I'm not sure if I can wait another 10 years. Well, here's the thing. Your country is very rich in natural resources, but the problem is no company in their right mind would come there if they have the threat of the government taking away the, their private, and private. So that's why the regime trade, you need a regime that will not confiscate private property. I must add, the, the companies that do come are Chinese and Russian companies. They do come here to mine. And to extract resources. Yeah, but they're in they're in bed with the government. I mean, there's no. That's correct. That's correct. So if you're in bed with the government, it doesn't matter. You know, if whatever country you are, if you're in bed with the government, it's cool. You will have. You know, they will back you up. But right, if you're from a country that is uh, politically against, uh, you cannot invest here because your money might be lost. Now let's. Uh, here, here's a good question. I think I know mm -hmm. the answer. Are bullets being used for barter? <laughs> Not in my neighborhood. Not in my neighborhood, but probably yes. <laughs> but I mean, no one has a gun there. That's part of the problem. The no, people, no, the no, people. yes. No, people have guns here. Yeah. Guns, there's guns. A lot of guns, brother. Yeah. People have yeah. guns. Yeah, but they don't. They it not enough to, to fight the government. Clearly, that, that that's. Uh... Mm, 
maybe not with the plan of you know a very organized group uh, with a mindset to overthrow it because you you have to you have to be intelligent you know and if you analyze the situation the government of venezuela they have the monopoly of guns they have the military there's i don't know if people know this but there is a military here called the uh, um i forgot the name now. <laughs> Well, one of the arms of the military, they have two million men, two million, you know? That's like almost 10% of the Venezuelan population. So it's not kind of easy just to go there and like, yeah, let's overthrow the government. No, man, <laughs> you get killed right away. All right, it's, uh, it's horrifying. Here's a, here's a statement. Uh, you should move to Germany if you want to sell some of your Bitcoin in 2028. Uh, your name even sounds German, uh, so says this this person. So he's he's recommending Germany. I know that you've been to Germany before. I know that too. I, I'm pretty sure. Yeah. So, uh, yes. Well, yeah. It's, it, it, very it's nice. a wealthy it's a wealthy country. He could have a very high standard of living there. But uh, yes. he's interested in Estonia. Let's let's take it one step at a time. Let's get let's get flights back to Venezuela. Let's get flights back to Venezuela. Okay. So we're gonna we're gonna wrap it up now because we're we're getting close to an hour and there are no more questions. Uh, so anything, uh, I mean, so you're, you think you're going to, you think that people are going to remain in lockdown in your country for the foreseeable future? I, I can say this. The, the length of lockdowns is directly proportional to the level of corruption of the government. Okay. <laughs> That's what I have to say. <laughs> That's a really good. I think we should wrap it up with that. That that really summed up the whole conversation. Pound that like button, everyone. Well, Gabriel, we're really, really happy that you're okay. I was concerned. <laughs> and uh, you always come through in the end. There have been other times I've been concerned, uh, but you show your, you, you give me a message out of the blue. So I'm, I'm always happy to hear that everything is, is, that you're healthy. So stay healthy, stay strong, keep the dream alive. It, it, in the end, you will find a way out of there uh, or a way to stay in there for, for things to be uh, more productive. So thank you for giving us yes. your, your time today. I have one final message to all your viewers on the first world, right? Yes. We in Venezuela, we have experienced the mayhem of fiat, okay? In our flesh and bones. You guys that live with euros and dollars and yens and whatnot are just starting to get it okay so my my advice with love is that save your money in crypto don't save it in fiat every money that you have to to have your savings put it on btc put it on your most flavored altcoin of the month or whatever you like but <laughs> get out of fiat get out of fiat go to btc uh hold it don't sell it if it goes down don't don't panic just be strong and have a conviction of say having your savings worth in bitcoin and one last thing if i may add look at the charts not in terms of dollars look at the charts in terms of gold that's the real truth when you see it you will see what is going on with the dollar when you compare bitcoin against an ounce of gold that's the real chart i give that for you all right dude this is great stuff from gabriel thank you 
free Venezuela, free Hong Kong. We want to see we want to see change in those countries and uh, uh, very inspirational. I'm Adam the Meister. Oh, Adam the Meister. Adam Meister tomorrow, 2 p.m. Baltimore time. BTC Benny will be one of the guests on this week in Bitcoin. We're working on the other guest. Uh, pound that like button, everybody. You get a new show out here every day. I guess we'll do an Ask Me Anything next uh, Thursday also because you did. You guys did bring some good questions there. So thanks very much. Retweet it. Tech ball. Thank you again, Gabriel. And I'm stopping it.